It has been a heavy week for our nation. We saw a lot of things happening and things that I personally never thought I would see. And so as we come this week, it was, and especially as I heard today's first reading, it, it was like salve to a weary soul. Come, all are thirsty, come to the water. You have no money, come receive grain and eat. Come. This invitation that the Lord gives us to find rest in him. And in the end, that's the only place we're going to find rest. It is a great promise, a great gift that God is giving us, but a gift that, as we'll hear, requires something. And today, as we gather, of course, we celebrate uh, the <clears throat> end of the Christmas season. Sorry, I have a kind of a food sensitivity thing going on, so my throat is closing up. I, it's been a long week. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, what we celebrate today with the baptism of the Lord, the end of the Christmas season, formally ending this evening with evening prayer too for those that pray liturgy the hours, is the full revelation of who Jesus Christ truly is. And that revelation comes during his baptism. And uh, some heretics uh, in the early church declared that it was his baptism that made Jesus the Christ, that made Jesus God, that made Jesus the Messiah. And that is a wrong way of seeing things. And it dawned on me this morning, maybe it's because uh, we misunderstand what the word declarer means. Uh, even today we have that uh, uh, maybe a mistaken idea that uh, when, the pope, when the Pope or the Church declares somebody to, say, to be a saint, that now they are a saint, but they weren't before. Well, that isn't what the process of canonization is. The process of canonization is declaring what has already happened, or what it already is, and that is what is here with this declaration. Behold, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. That declaration is God the Father declaring, this is my son, not this has become my son. This is my son. If Jesus Christ is God's son, which we believe he is, of course, we might ask the question, rightfully so, why did he take baptism? Well, first, we have to remember that what John the Baptist was offering was not the sacrament of baptism, of course. We know that because the sacraments are established by Christ, not by others. Christ took, of course, uh, things that were precursors to the sacraments. John's baptism, for example, or the natural uh, uh, good of marriage and heightened that to matrimony. There's a reason I use that word, by the way. Um, been pondering that, too, for, for a long time. We'll hear more about that uh, in February, I think. Or uh, the natural, or uh, actually the Paschal Feast the, that the Jews celebrated once a year. He gave us, transformed into the Eucharist. On and on it goes. John's baptism, though, why did Jesus take John's baptism? Because John's baptism was a recognition of one's sinfulness, a recognition of one's need for reconciliation with God the Father, and that that reconciliation could not come without God the Father's work. 
And God the Father, of course, was working. But that's why John the Baptist can recognize, as we hear in this uh, Alleluia verse, one is coming after me, or the Alleluia verse itself. Behold the Lamb of God. That this Jesus is the one who's going to take away sins. John's baptism couldn't take away sin. It was only a recognition of sin. And Jesus had no sin. In fact, in Matthew's Gospel, John objects as Jesus comes to him that I should baptize you? And Jesus replies, let it be for now for the sake of righteousness. In doing so, Jesus is declaring himself is fully human. That doesn't mean he's fully human in the sense of having sinned, but fully human as we ought to be, as set free from sin. So Jesus Christ takes the waters of baptism, and he trans- of John's baptism, and transforms it. Not only uh, doing that, but the church fathers talk about how Jesus and entering the waters of the Jordan, transform all the waters of the world. Not that now all the waters of the world are holy and, and uh, automatically take away sin, of course, but that all the waters of the world can receive that profound grace to wash away sin. See, when we're baptized in the sacrament of baptism, that's enabled by Jesus' baptism, we are washed clean of original sin and actual sin. But it's not automatic, of course. It's a gift. And uh, as I share this, uh, I, I realize it's kind of an odd thing, but uh, once had a, a um, knew a family that had an interesting Christmas, Christmas custom. They would, on Christmas morning, open up all the gifts, they would ooh and awe over them and promptly put them back in the box and put them under the tree and leave them for a full day. It wasn't out of a sense of gratitude and it wasn't out of a, a desire to write a thank you card before they used the gift. It was that the gift not be broken. God the Father wants us to use that gift and we know that in truth the sacrament cannot be broken unless we Do not use it. God the Father wants us to use that gift immediately. In fact, as I reflected and I asked the family member who was sharing this, so wouldn't the greater sign of gratitude be using the gift so much that it does get broken? Wouldn't the gift giver be pleased you love the gift that much that you broke it on the first day? God the Father wants us to use this gift so fully, so completely. And I think maybe the crisis in our, in our United States these days, maybe the crisis uh, that we have in the world is that we've forgotten who we are as Catholics. We hear in St. Paul's letters to the Philippians, our citizenship is in heaven, and from what we await a Savior. Notice what he's saying. We await a Savior. Here we are at the end of the Christmas season when we remember we've received a Savior, and yet we await a Savior. Why? Because we have to rely on his grace in this world 
but our citizenship belongs in the next. We do everything we can to let this world and help this world to become what Christ wants it to be, to help others understand that this gift of baptism, this gift of God's grace that is given freely, is given to more and more people. But we don't belong here. And this week, more than any other, I've come to understand that. We don't belong here. Again, it doesn't mean that we don't transform and don't be who we're supposed to be. All the more important, we remember who we're supposed to be. We live that faith out. See, that, that's the beauty of the sacrament of baptism. All of us are born, all of us are alive because we were born. But in baptism, we open up that gift and we are born again to new life. In fact, we are entered into the very life-saving relationship with Jesus Christ, the God, the Father, and, the, and uh, already we, we, in baptism we receive a share of the Holy Spirit, a share that is completed and completely given in the gift of confirmation. We hear about that, the confirmation and, and the Eucharist, actually in our second reading today. These three testify, water, blood, and the Spirit. All three enter us fully, completely into the life of the church. But more importantly, they claim us. That while God the Father declares, this is my beloved Son to Jesus Christ in his baptism, God the Father really declares that over each and one, every one of us in our baptism, especially when we live it out. This is my beloved child. He doesn't say with whom I am well pleased until the end. Well done, good and faithful servant. We have been given a great gift as Catholics, as Christians, in the sacrament of baptism. And I'm convinced we should know our baptism date as well as we know our birthdays. We should know who the priest is that baptized us, or the deacon or the bishop, or even more so perhaps if we were emergency baptized by a non uh, non-ordained person. We should thank God for that gift of baptism. But more importantly, we should be able to use that gift, not being afraid that we're going to break it, because in the reality, we can't break the sacraments except by not using them. To realize that it's through the gift of baptism that we can enter this building join this church, receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, and soul, and divinity, that we have the promise of eternal, eternal life already given. In fact, we're already living it because eternity begins the moment we're baptized. Eternity in heaven, I should say, begins. Eternity begins as soon as we're conceived. As we gather this day, it's time for us as Catholics to remember who we are. St. Gregory said it best, Christian, remember your dignity. That Christ has claimed us, not for this world, but for eternity. And that we should do everything we can to, to transform this world, to make it more just, more equitable, 
more truthful, that we stand up against lies and intolerance and um, victimization, violence. We know that violence never wins. We know that lies never succeed. We know that truth ultimately has a way of getting out. And whatever the truth is, that we can live that truth. But we can always point to eternity. Remember, our home is there. But it means we live this gift and use this gift right now.